You're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Diabetes Discourse, sponsored by Novo Nordisk, a world leader in diabetes care. Here's your host, Dr. Stephen Edelman, founder and director of Taking Control of Your Diabetes, clinical professor of medicine, Division of Endocrinology and Metabolism, University of California, San Diego, and San Diego Veterans Administration Healthcare System. World Diabetes Day marks the annual global awareness campaign for diabetes by the International Diabetes Federation. How is the IDF supporting both the healthcare professional and people living with diabetes globally? Joining us to discuss the IDF's World Diabetes Day campaign is Vice President of the International Diabetes Federation in London, England, Anne-Marie Felton. Ms. Felton, welcome to ReachMD. Thank you so much for the opportunity uh, to share this dialogue with you and, of course, all of your listeners. What are the key objectives for World Diabetes Day? The key objectives of, world, of the World Diabetes Campaign, this aspires to a well-informed world where the myths that surround diabetes are dispelled and a motivated community come together to form a powerful global voice for diabetes advocacy. Previous themes have traditionally been scheduled for one year. The campaign's new theme of diabetes education and prevention is slated for five years. What are the specific goals? It has the responsibility, I believe, to empower, educate, and energize the diabetes community worldwide. At the end of the five-year period of this particular campaign, we hope to see important changes in terms of diabetes care provision, research, and significantly in terms of the status of diabetes within national service frameworks for diabetes. Recently, UN Secretary General Ban Ki-moon described the epidemic of non-communicable diseases such as diabetes as posing a greater threat than infectious diseases. In your opinion, what is the current impact of diabetes worldwide? We recognize that um, at least currently 250 million people have diabetes globally and anticipated that within the, the next 20 years, this will rise to 400 million. Now, diabetes kills close to 4 million people each year as a result of complications. And we know and are very familiar with the tragic uh, propensity in terms of blindness, kidney failure, heart attack, stroke, and amputation. But beyond that, there is, of course, the personal burden, the burden within the family, and there are other complications, not just medical, but also psychological social and economic, which has to be reflected in the campaign. Um, I think that the Secretary General's, the UN Secretary General's uh, statement is not exaggeration. What do you see as the role of the IDF and World Diabetes Day in diabetes education? The International Diabetes Federation is committed to education. And in that, in, in terms of when one asks for evidence, let me stay, state here and now that the International Diabetes Federation has appointed a global manager for diabetes education, Mrs. Helen Maguire, who comes actually from Canada and a leading educator in this respect. Now, IDF actually plans over the next coming years to establish uh, within each of the regions of its organization 
uh, a leader in education, um, both in terms of patient education, structured patient education, and properly evaluated and monitored, but also the education of healthcare professionals, the public, and getting back to national ministries of health and so on. So the evidence is there, the commitment is there, and we recognize that structured education and the continuity of education for people with diabetes is absolutely essential. So I think um, uh, education, education, education is the mantra of the International Diabetes Federation across all the domains and all sectors. What about partnering with other organizations? What are good examples of the campaign's ability to engage political support and community action? The International Diabetes Federation, as you know, is made up of uh, the core membership of, of national patient organizations who are full members of the association. But also, uh, effective alliances globally are critical, but they must be brought back to the regions and indeed nationally, so that we may think global, but we must act in a, a, a local. And so the engagement of, of other uh, significant allies is, is hugely important, whether that's from across the pharma, pharma industry, which is equally inform, important, um, also farming, the food industry. We have to also engage perhaps with other medical societies, whether it's within the cardiovascular arena or what else, cancer and so on, to, to, to actually ensure that the non-communicable diseases, and in particular diabetes, really does have the priority and status that it, that it undoubtedly deserves from, from a humanitarian point of view. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Diabetes Discourse on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I am Dr. Stephen Edelman, and I'm speaking with Ms. Anne-Marie Felton. We are discussing the International Diabetes Federation's World Diabetes Day campaign. What do you see as the biggest challenge in educating people with diabetes? The real challenge, I think, is embedding education, patient education, as part of the therapeutic um, um, element within within the delivery of care, so that it is not something that is a privilege or uh, done occasionally, that it is structured, that it is available, that it is accessible, that it is patient-centered. And I'm not entirely convinced that all healthcare systems, um, either nationally or locally or internationally, actually practice that. There is, to some extent, uh, I think, a gap between the evidence and the rhetoric and the actual practice. So um, uh, persuading uh, governments, and particularly ministries of health, as they plan their national service frameworks or plans for diabetes, which is what, of course, the International Diabetes Federation advocates, then education and what we call perhaps here in Europe therapeutic patient education is central to the individualized patient program plans so that they genuinely engage and ensure that where diabetes care is delivered, there is regular, ongoing, structured, 
patient education. You know, I certainly agree with you. You know, there's no question that ongoing structured education is so important directed towards people with living with diabetes. What is the IDF proposing in their three-step plan for the prevention of type 2 diabetes? Well, um, this, is, this is taking shape in a number of ways. But the first, the first um, sort of uh, pillar is to recognize or to, to screen those who are at high risk. And, and that is in terms of where there are um, uh, family history of diabetes, gestational diabetes, ethnicity. So to, to, to actually identify in, in, the, in that context. And this is primarily done in the primary care setting, at least here in Europe, and would may well be done under different programs or schemes in other parts of the world. Um, I mean, you will be familiar with the, the Finnish Prevention Program and indeed the, United, the program, the Prevention of Type 2 Diabetes in the United States. But, but, but inculcating that into everyday practice so that those physicians, nurses in primary practice um, and so on actually ha- acquire the culture and the skills uh, to identify and also to make sure that it is systematic and that there is regular review. It's not simply enough to identify those at risk. We then have to put into place those uh, mechanisms that will, at the very least, delay the onset and, at the very best, prevent. So um, there are such programs uh, in existence. And particularly in, with reference to Europe, where perhaps I may know a little bit more than in the, your, your, your territory. Um, the European Union, and the, in particular the institution DG Sanko, which, which concerns itself with health and consumer safety, that, uh, that particular institution has given a huge grant to um, a number of organizations, uh, including the Federation of European Nurses and Diabetes, uh, and, and this is addressing absolutely the primary prevention of diabetes. And the, the title of the program is called Image, and you can find all about it on the website. So this is about the structuring of the, and, and the delivery of prevention programs in Europe and also about developing a new type of discipline called prevention managers with a, a reliable training program uh, for, for, so that such people can be developed and, and employed in the primary prevention of diabetes. So, uh, you know, the omens are good. What is important is that whether we work in secondary care, primary care, or within public health, that we don't lose sight of the necessity for primary prevention and in terms of, of uh, what, I have, what I have indicated, uh, identifying those at high risk, those at medium risk. And then, of course, there is, I believe, um, the, the global message of, of, of better health, um, better nutrition, increasing activity, looking at across the, um, the urban environment in terms of city planning, where it is increasing safety in walking. We're not talking about expensive gymnasia or so on. Actually being able to walk in safety, improving access to, 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 to such activities, encouraging in particular the schools and indeed the homes to ensure that children have um, access to, 
to sports and, and such, such activities on a regular basis. You know, being involved in diabetes prevention myself for many years, what needs to be done is organizing a system that reaches out to the masses, to those at risk for diabetes. And I certainly like the idea of a prevention manager. I would like to thank our guest, Vice President of the International Diabetes Federation in London, England, Miss Anne-Marie Felton. Ms. Felton, thank you so much for spending time with us on Diabetes Discourse. Thank you so much, Steve, and may I wish you and all of your listeners a very pleasant, healthy World Diabetes Day on the 14th of November, and thank you for the opportunity of speaking to you. Thank you for listening to Diabetes Discourse, sponsored by Novo Nordisk, a world leader in diabetes care. To learn more about diabetes and the role of GLP-1, visit novomedlink.com forward slash DIA. For more details on the interviews and conversations in this week's show, or to download the segment, visit us at reachmd.com. Daddy, what are you reading? I'm reading about something called GLP-1. Is it a robot? No. (laughs) GLP-1 is a natural hormone that helps regulate glucose metabolism. Its multiple actions are critical to glucose control. Huh? Okay. Well, GLP-1 works in a glucose-dependent manner. It stimulates the beta cells in your pancreas to secrete insulin and inhibit the liver from releasing excessive glucose by reducing glucagon secretion from alpha cells. It also helps regulate food ingestion by slowing gastric emptying in your stomach here (laughs) and making you feel full. Like at Thanksgiving? Yes. Um, I don't get it. Is it important? Well, GLP-1 is important because it impacts the multiple systems affected by diabetes. It also plays a significant role in protecting beta cells, a key to slowing diabetes progression. Unfortunately, many people with type 2 diabetes have impaired GLP-1 secretion and impaired beta cell response to GLP-1. Like Grandpa? Yes. And like many of my type 2 diabetes patients. That's why I want to make sure I'm looking at the whole picture in diabetes. Sustained control of A1C is important, but we can't stop there. It's important to look at weight, cardiovascular risk, and beta cell dysfunction. Impaired GLP-1 physiology is also a part of the problem, and the multiple actions of GLP-1 throughout the body are critical. So, the GLP-1 robot will help you see the whole picture. (laughs) Yes, I guess, in a way, it will. Novo Nordisk is a world leader in diabetes care and is dedicated to ongoing research. To learn more about GLP-1 and the role it plays in diabetes, please visit novomedlink.com slash DIA.